Hello, Wildcat fans, and welcome to the May edition of Ask the AD, the Weaver State Athletics podcast as part of the Cattails podcast. I'm Paul Grew, Director of Athletic Communications at Weaver State, and joined today by Tim Crompton, the Athletic Director at Weaver State University. And Tim, it's such a unique time in the last few months of all the things that have been going on. You said before it's hard to answer things with I don't know because you don't know sometimes. There's so many uncertainties about what's coming up this fall, and it's hard to have answers for what things will look like in the fall. That's probably the hardest thing for, for everyone involved, not just in sports but in the community and in, in our own institution, And is that we want answers. We want to be able to make plans. We want to be able to for it to be more normal. We want to be able to say we're going to play a game on this day in September and then another game on this day in October and 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 go ahead and get everything prepared for that, but we're really not allowed to do that right now. And so it's making it a little difficult, making us a little stir crazy, but we've tried to focus on the things that we have control over. And I think as a department, we've done a really good job of that. And as an institution, the the the, the, the leadership in the institution has done a really good job of that. That's so different from what we're used to. Like you said, we always have schedules, and some sports schedules are five, six years in advance, and you always want to plan for what you have. But let's talk a little bit about the timeline right now. As we sit here in, in mid-May, the timeline to get back to voluntary workouts and some of those things, and what is that timeline right now? Well, right now across the country, the voluntary workouts will be permissible as of through, through the NCAA on June 1st. So that's our plan is to... Um, get our facilities and our staffs prepared to start assessing and screening our student athletes come June 1st. What do you think that will look like once they're back? Well, it's gonna to have to mirror the guidelines from the health department and our own institution in terms of the number of student athletes that we can have all together at once and social distancing and, and the masking and just making sure that we're following any, any regulations that are put forward so we can keep our kids safe. Last week, uh, there was some news from the big sky, a little bit about some scheduling adjustments, uh, particularly for volleyball and soccer and, and some others with the fall sports. A lot of uh, scheduling and championship adjustments a little bit. We'll talk about some of those. Uh, what does it look like and how does that process happen? Well, the news came out last week, as you mentioned, that the process had been, in pl- had been taking place for leading up to around four to five weeks prior to that, that news coming out. And... The process works that there are certain committees, subcommittees, Olympic sports committees, oversight committees for football and basketball, and, and those recommendations are put in, uh, put from one committee to the next committee, and they eventually land at the president's council, and, those, and the presidents from each institution in the conference go ahead and, and pass those, those resolutions. So when you look at some specifics, let's just say, for example, volleyball, uh, they're going to have a 16-game uh, schedule, but the travel schedule is going to be a little different than, than what it's been in the past. Sure. I think going into the fall, each committee was, was tasked with trying to find ways to mitigate the, the shortfall from, from specifically from the NCAA and the distribution that was you know felt across the country. And the first place you can look at is, is to modify the schedules, but to try and maintain the student athletes' experience and uh, what they really signed up to do. And I think the conference did a really good job of that. In, in certain cases where maybe the season, the regular season looks a little different in terms of the number of games played, but there's still championship 
um, tournament that's that's offered to the student athletes and in some cases where the, st- the regular season didn't change stayed the same and then they for in soccer specifically then decided to not have a championship yeah the hasn't been addressed at least from the big sky yet but question certainly will be what about football what does it mean looking forward into basketball as well that seems to be the burning question football and then it'll be basketball after that for sure because those are the two that haven't been addressed. And there's a reason why it hasn't been addressed because nobody has the answers to that right now. You know, here at Weber State, we're making preparations to be prepared to, to, to play sports, football being one of them in the fall. And, and it's hard to say what that's going to look like, but we'll be prepared for whatever it is. As far as the conferences particularly, what if each state, we have eight states in this big sky conference, what if each state looks different? What if some states aren't allowed to do things? How does that process work? Another really good question. I think that our ability as a conference and, and really just as a country is going to rely on just being able to, to pivot, to be able to um, address whatever the situation is at the time. And I don't have the answer to that. I know that it's obvious, it's obvious that each state is in a different place now to say that they'll be in a different place in September. That might not be true. It might be true. I, I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. And, uh, but I do know this, that, this that, that we'll be willing and prepared to do whatever we need to do at that time. We've seen, we've heard scenarios from different conferences all over of if they just play conference games or if they just, you know, maybe play uh, a smaller number of games or who knows. So there's certainly a lot of scenarios, but as of now, planning on our schedule as is. Yes. Yes, we are. Uh, it, during this whole process, uh, and we just actually just finished a town hall with our student athletes uh, and, and staff not long ago, but tell, tell everybody what the process has been like for you to communicate with fans and particularly student athletes. Because we haven't had sports. we've had to focus on making sure that we provide a way to be accessible, that we provide a way for our student athletes, our staff, our coaches, because we can't be in person, we can't see them, to get questions answered, to give instruction, to give information to them. And town hall has been one of those. And, And of course, we have weekly meetings with our coaches and our staff, and all of that goes on behind the scenes. But the town halls have been really great. You've gotten really good at Zoom meetings, haven't you? Yeah. We're professional Zoom Zoom now. <laughs> but you all, not only uh, with, of course, coaches and, and athletes, but you've also constantly, I'm sure, communicating with the conference and other athletic directors in the conference in the state as well as the university. Yes, it almost feels like we have more meetings now than we had before. I don't know if that's actually true or not. It just might feel like that because we the, the outlet of going out and watching the softball team play or – um, you know, watching you know, the track and field have a championship here well, just wasn't available to us. So we seem to focus on the Zoom meetings, and there has been quite a few of them. What have you learned the most throughout this process? Well, I think that the ability to, to and I use this word quite a bit over the last eight weeks, to pivot to, and to be uh, collaborative and transparent with, with the people around you. Um, has been something that I, I wouldn't say that I've learned, but it's certainly, um, it's been something that has manifested itself over the last eight weeks. Being able to be respectful of each and every, each individual and uh, in, in their, their comfort level with the, the virus does bring to the community has been something that I've seen uh, take shape. And I know going forward, that'll be really important to us as, as a department, as a fan base, as student athletes, as an institution. Um, but again, I think our, our, the, the leadership of our institution has been a really good example of that. 
A question we didn't address yet either is, you know, what will fans, what will the situation for fans be? Will they be allowed back? We don't know that yet, but, uh, and what will that look like for the fans when they do come back? Yeah, that's, I don't really, I don't have the answer to that because as we sit here right now, it's not, it's, it's, it's not an option for us. Do I believe that it'll be an option in, in the fall while well, we're planning on that? But I, I, I can't tell you exactly what that will look like. It's probably important not to make decisions too early either, right? One way or the other, because things change so much. Well, it's kind of hard to start making decisions about things you don't know anything about. Absolutely. Well, your message to the Wildcat fans out there? That we will be back, that there are sunnier days ahead of us, in infamous words of um, Coach Craig Sanders. And, um, and when that day comes, we, we look forward to seeing the fans and the student-athletes and competing and playing sports and, and having our kids be back in classes and all the things that go along with, with the, the, the collegiate experience. We can't wait for more to come. And more information, of course, will come out as soon as, as, soon as we have it. And we look forward to getting back to games as soon as possible. Yeah, go Cats. Go Wildcats. Thanks for joining us. Tim Crompton for the May Ask the AD at Weber State Sports.